Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Splash Play podcast. We have a great show this week. We have Roto Pat from Roto World joining us here in a little bit. But before that, Spags, we got Seattle, Arizona going on. We're going to talk through the fantasy slate. We got DFS. We got sports betting. We got a free roll tournament that we had last week. This week, <laughs> this week they got a pay. We gave too much love for free shout out to our friends over at thrive but you guys know the routine by now it's thursday we got thursday night football on we got ride or die picks coming up we got pat darty better known as roto pat on twitter got everything you want to get ready for week 11 so let's get into it right after our little intro music Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Splash Play, your favorite fantasy football podcast, better known as the Fantasy Football Podcast for every game under the sun. I'm Chris Spax, joined once again by a man you might have seen fleeting his face off all week long on Twitter. He's Peter Overzet on Twitter. He's also Peter Overzet in his real life. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, I feel like people are struggling with the fleets, lots of self-promotion, lots of reposting tweets. Uh, and so I get the general hate for fleet. That's not how I'm going to use it. I'm actually uh, enjoying it. But yes, I understand why most people don't like it up to this point. It, it kind of feels like you're an artist or a musician just feeling like strumming the guitar, trying to find what the right note to hit is. Like, and I could see it. I could see the creative process going um, in every single fleet that you post. But yeah, the Instagram story ripoff on Twitter, it's there now. Um, we'll probably use it to promote Splash Play too, but I agree. It's honestly uh, more annoying than Instagram stories, which I didn't think was possible. I get the purpose though. Like I, I don't have as many followers on Instagram as I do on Twitter. So I'm a, I'm, I'm still a fan more than not, but but boy, just reposting tweets is like the worst usage of a fleet. I know. I hate, I feel like they should have like a rule. I mean, I realize that's their whole platform. They're wanting to encourage that to some extent, but it is the absolute worst way to use it. I hate it. But but like how people are using it. But I do like the. There's so many tweets that I don't do because I'm like I don't want this on my feed forever. Like what? So I like I like the ephemeral nature, even just in the same way I liked Snapchat back in the day. You know, you fire off a quick thing to someone, you don't have to you know, deal with it forever. I like that. I like how you said quick thing rather than it's more common phrasing dick pic, but that's certainly something that you cannot do on your fleets. Don't do that. I posted my Peloton workout. I was just like, I got to post something, I guess, to get some of this footholds. People know I'm a man who can post the fleet, but that's enough about Twitter's new features. I'm, we'll, if they were sponsoring us, we would promote it to the death. But you know who is sponsoring us, Pete, is our friends over at Thrive Fantasy. They are our first sponsor, and they're a prop betting site, really, where they take some of the GPP DFS principles that you guys know and love and bring it to the world of prop betting. Use a promo code SPLASH over there. That's the big deal for you. That'll give you a deposit match up to $50. So if you're building your bankroll, you're just starting out, that's an easy way to do it. And this week, there is one simple way for you to use that deposit bonus. You can enter our $3 tournament. It's not a free roll. Uh, they were It was a little ambitious last week, the entries, the amount of entries we had in there. So this week, it is a $3 entry, and it's only for our most exclusive, most private, most VIP listeners and viewers out there. 
30 people is it. The password is also Splash. So it's the same as the promo code. Very easy to get in there. We'll also post a link on our pinned tweet, but play along with us. Prop betting, much like we do in the Ride or Die picks every single Thursday and Sunday. You compete against Pete and me in there and win some of our money. That's Pete, I would say, you know, I mean, you've been a deposit king before. You've also been a cash out king. You've been many kinds of kings, really. But taking money from our, our mouths, our hands, our pocketbooks, Pete, that's got to feel good for somebody out there. You know, it, it does. And I, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe I'll win one of these and I'll feel generous and maybe I'll put up the prize pool next week. I'll say thrive, take this out of my account and let's give it back to the splash play listeners. Ooh, that's the kind of kind of generosity you really won't find from your other fantasy football podcasts out there. So make sure you support us. Go play on thrivefantasy.com or download in the App Store or the Google Play Store and use that promo code SPLASH. It'll be $50, up to $50 rather. They will deposit match you and that money enters your account right away. Very easy to win on some of these smaller sites out there. So that is the first thing to know. If you are a person trying to play more DFS, trying to actually get that money up, uh, you can go play on Thrive Fantasy and they'll match your money right away. And we will give our Thrive pick later on in the show as well. But Pete, Thursday night football's on right now, so let's talk about it before we get Pat into the mix here. And uh, this game, I, very high total coming in, started at, I think, 58-point over-under, uh, creep down to 57, 57 and a half, depending upon where you look this week. And uh, it seems so far going to be have to be a very wild second half to get going. There were just 20 points uh, at about the two-minute warning here in the first half. But any thoughts for you in this game? Because overall, it just feels a little more like a slog than I think a lot of people would have expected or hoped for. Yeah, I mean, the one thought, DK Metcalf continues to be a grown-ass man. He had that touchdown and then had another, what, like 50-yard pass play called back by holding, which seemed pretty bogus. So he continues to do well. And I think the big surprise, we had our troll play of the week early this week. You know, everyone was excited to play DJ Dallas super cheap on Showdown. And all of a sudden, Bo Scarborough is out here getting all the work. And I, I haven't seen his ownership, but I assume it's absurdly low. Well, Bo Scarborough uh, wasn't even available, at least in the DraftKings player oh, pool. Okay, yeah. He was on their practice squad too, I think. And then they couldn't call up Alex Collins without redoing his contract. So they didn't bring him up. And instead they were just like, yeah, Bo Scarborough, close enough. Uh, <laughs> another also ran mediocre plotter of a running back. But yeah, Carlos Hyde, I was on. I, I did play DJ Dallas, but Bo Scarborough is doing just enough to ruin both their days. Yeah, I ended up uh, playing Carlos Hyde in the Thrive uh, prop contest for tonight. Uh, I played him under 55 rush yards, um, and that's actually looking pretty good if they continue to mix in Scarbo and Dallas. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, and uh, Kyler Murray also worth noting. Uh, he does seem banged up in the game, hurt his shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder, landed on it weirdly, and he's just kind of not looking himself. Could also be Seattle uh, figuring out some things defensively like we saw last week. Uh, but, you know, they were also just due to be not as bad as they are. And I think that's something, too, where you look at that, you know, the 10 game, nine game sample size. And, uh, you know, a team can't be as bad as Seattle's been on paper uh, throughout the rest of the year. We just see that happen every single season. Yeah, I know. It's uh it's weird. Uh, hopefully this injury is not serious for Kyler just because he's been the most electric guy to watch. He's been the closest thing we've had to the Lamar Jackson last year where he's just putting up these monster performances mostly on his legs. So uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that uh, gets squared away because I do not want to go on the rest of the season without Kyler Murray. 
Yeah, so uh, keep an uh, keep an eye peeled on that. Certainly, if you made an MVP bet on Kyler Murray, uh, that's one that could be affected. But he's out there; he's gritting through it. So hopefully, he'll be fine here. We have some other injuries that matter that we'll talk about coming up here, including a couple big QB injuries. But first, Pete, I think we should do little numbers don't lie before we get Pat in the mix, so we don't have to subject him. And this week, don't worry, Pete. I got all the stats in there. The lies are in there. The correct ones are in there. So have no fear. I'm getting you at your at your best, and or at my best, rather. All right, I'm focused. I haven't taken a peek at these yet. I want to be very fresh and give you my gut reaction, and I'm ready for your bullshit. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, numbers don't lie. The game where I give three interesting stats, and Peter guesses which two are true and which one is fake. First stat up, many people have been concerned over weather outlooks recently, including last week when Chase Claypool's ownership was down due to a windy day in Pittsburgh. Claypool had a solid fantasy day with two touchdowns on four catches for 56 yards, but his 178 air yards are perhaps more impressive as the most in the league in Week 10 despite the weather. Pete, we've talked weather on here a bunch and people always afraid of any win in any game. So does it make sense to you that Chase Claypool could have gotten that many air yards in a game where the air was uh, less than ideal? I'm almost, I'm like 99% sure I know this is true for a fact. I was writing the newsletter this week. I went into Rotowire has a thing where you can search by air yards and by uh, targets. And I remember writing Brandon Ayuk led everyone in targets with 14 and Chase Claypool led everyone in air yards. So either I'm slightly misremembering that or I have it exactly. I'm hoping I have it exactly right. All right, next stat up here, a guy who's more relevant this week. Jameis Winston was known for his free-slinging ways in Tampa Bay in previous years. We may say a different version of him this week in New Orleans, maybe because of their decent lead in Week 10, but currently on Jameis's limited sample size, he averages 5.6 air yards per pass. Pete, does this sound true to you? And keep in mind, you know, that Niners game was one that was mostly in control for the Saints, so that could skew things, but certainly not the big arm Jameis we know of with a, a very short air yards, the lowest actually on the Sunday slate. That's just his air yards data from this year. Uh, yeah, so far from just this year. Um, yeah, that seems, man, that seems tricky. Yeah, because you would, I mean, on the box, it had to have been insanely high relative to everyone else. But I could see on that limited sample size, I could see that being correct. I don't remember him connecting for any big ones. So I'm leaning toward that one being true for right now. All right, and the last stat here, numbers don't lie. The Ravens continue to be baffling, bafflingly ineffective compared to last season after a disappointing loss to the Patriots. Even odder is Lamar Jackson's lack of fault. His 135 QB rating on deep throws is top three among qualified quarterback starters. Pete, you've gotten all the stats now, so which one is the lie? Hang on, could you could you read that last one again? I missed the, the numbers in my head. Lamar Jackson, uh, not at blame. His 135 QB rating on deep throws is top three among qualified starters. I can't, I just can't believe that one because Marquise Brown has had so few big games. I know Snead has been doing fine over the middle. I, I'm going to have to say BS on the Lamar Jackson one. So that is actually uh, incorrect, Pete. So you got this right again this week. You're crushing it in numbers, don't lie. Perhaps our chemistry has driven you to greatness, but uh, this overall in the year, uh, Lamar Jackson on deep throws, throwing 3.6 throws over 20 plus yards per game, 70.1 QB rating. And the reason I put this stat as a fake one this week is I feel like I saw some Reddit thread people talking about Lamar and how um, some analysts, I guess, are afraid to talk about Lamar just kind of sucking this year. And you know, maybe there's a racial thing to it maybe just because he was the MVP last year you don't want to look like an asshole but he kind of sucks this year and I feel like I want to be the first show Pete who's willing to go out there I don't care about his skin color I don't care about any of that 
I just think he kind of sucks and it's very disappointing. And I know this firsthand from playing him every week and assuming he's not going to suck only to inevitably see him suck. Yeah. So what? It's not quite a stat shame. It's like an anti-stat shame, right? <laughs> yeah. It's it's something where I think you trust him so much that you're not even willing to look at the numbers. But yeah, I mean, the completion rate or the adjusted completion rate for him on the year, 75%, which is pretty much middle of the road. Adjusted completion rate looks at uh, basically any catch that's not his fault or any throw that's not his fault. Uh, that'll still count for him as long as it was on the numbers. And uh, he's just kind of middling. Like the deep throws aren't there under pressure. You know, an 88 QB rating is not great. Getting sacked 20% of the time, though, when he is getting pressured um in a clean pocket and we've talked about this before a, a stat that does tend to be a good indicator of just a guy's natural throwing aptitude on the year he's got a 98.5 qb rating in a clean pocket which is pretty low compared to some of the elite quarterbacks so peter you want to join me on this ledge here uh, you know we don't see color so it doesn't matter so it's not anything people could take the wrong way but do you want to feel bad about lamar jackson you want to talk any shit about him <laughs> Yeah. So I think the thing that's, I mean, the expectations were insane because he just had a, a historic outlier year. So we knew anyone who was realistic knew he was bound for regression, but I do agree with you that the regression has swung even past what I think a normal bit of regression would have been for them. And, and I don't know, I mean, obviously quarterbacks, the most important uh, position on the field, but it does seem like there's even some like systemic issues with this offense on the whole too. So it's, I'm having a hard time, time untangling how much of it is the play calling the offense and how much of it is just Lamar himself. Yeah. I mean, I think he's certainly more of a, a symptom of, of the whole situation being as messed up as it is, but I agree, you know, Baltimore last year just got it done. Um, they were kind of, I think, you know, viewed similarly as the Niners, a team who really wanted to run the ball. And when they did run the ball, it gave them enough success in the other facets of the game that they were able to get through. But this year, you know, they're not running the ball quite as well. The The rushing yards per game is down a bit. Uh, you know, it's still an impressive number, still over 160, but it's not a great number for Baltimore. And, you know, I think it's uh, people are going to be playing Lamar at pretty high volume this week. It looks like uh, relative to some of the other quarterbacks out there. And I just don't see how you get there, really, especially what we talked about before, where like, who are you going to stack them with? Like, would you actually want to play Willie Sneed in a in a large field tournament? Yeah, I know. That's the interesting thing, too, because um, in Mark Andrews, who continues to, you know, burn people, it looks like because he's just the better tight end, I guess, on the slate. He's definitely the most expensive. Um, he sorry, I'm letting Pat know he can hop on. He was asking. Um, I think that it's just hard to go to those guys at high ownership when they've been such a disappointment, like those are the guys I want to buy low on. I was looking at that earlier and I almost feel like I'd rather go with Marquise Brown in that game. If I'm going to use someone that's not going to be as popular because I just don't want to play disappointing guys at high ownership. Yeah. It, it just continues to feel like these guys should have better days, but definitely at a point for me where I, I don't know that I want to get there a bunch. And, um, it, you know, and it does seem, you know, this human Lamar is going to have a uh, five to 10% ownership. The skill position guys won't be owned at all. So I guess if you want to go that stack one more time, it is a nice over under here in, in this game here, 27.3 implied points for Baltimore, but I, I just, I can't keep doing it. And Mark Andrews too, definitely on my, on my shit list as well, because he, <laughs> along with Lamar disappoint me week in and week out. Yeah, that'll that'll be an interesting game too for DFS because not uh, no one on the Titans side uh, seems to be getting any ownership here early on. So well, I know AJ Brown popped up on the injury report, so we got to keep an eye on that. He was downgraded to questionable, but Derrick Henry is probably going to be sub ten percent. And uh, and uh, yeah, I mean the big dog at low ownership. That's uh, normally been a good spot to get him. 
So if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Know when we go live. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and a review. It helps us out a bunch. You can see on the screen right now, Patrick Doherty over at Roto World. Roto Pat on Twitter. How are you doing, Pat? Welcome to Splash Play. Oh, we don't audio. have your audio, p- Pat. Uh, I've never done a podcast before, so I had Yeti uh, muted. <laughs> no, and, uh, no, gotcha. I just spent the past 10 minutes crying over Kyler Murray's shoulder injury. Uh, he's still in the game, but uh, yeah, so I'm try- trying to get figured while I was composed, I would uh, join the stream now. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't see, he didn't notice that injury, but Kyler keeps coming off the sidelines and then just looking sad and then just going like, oh, <laughs> it's like the weirdest injury where he's playing. He's just, he just wants everybody to know that shoulder is really hurt. Really tough owie for Kyler. And uh, yeah, and we got Roto, you know, last week we had Eric Eager from PFF. He was feeding Troy Aikman stats for Thursday Night Football. Now we got Roto Pat covering the game for Roto World. We keep, uh, you're, you're getting paid to do this podcast right now, Pat. I am. Yeah. I mean, I I, I demanded uh, at least $5,000. Uh, I came <laughs> down for you. Uh, I will come down for Pete. So I'm doing this one for only 1K. And I won't tell you how much Troy pays me to feed him stats. So I, do, I don't do it. I do it more on the down low than PFF does. But uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, you even look. Do you do you get dressed up for your shifts? You got the nice polo going on. I know we're coming off a of Masters week. It had kind of a little Masters vibe to it. Yeah, I mean, I did this. I did dress up for you, Pete. Uh, only for you. Um, you know, everything is like Zoom now. You know, I was used. It used to be audio only, and. Uh, I have a very extensive collection. As someone who lives in a middle ring uh, suburb, I have a very extensive collection of Ralph Lauren polos, <laughs> and uh, I have been cycling through those all year on podcasts. I own about eight of them, and I've worn each of them now approximately 10 times already this year. So You're Ready to golf, ready to do a podcast at any given moment. That's always the look that you aspire to. And uh, Pete, I know you had a bit here we wanted to do, Pat, because I-, I was told that you're formerly a mustachioed man, and it's hard to tell looking at you now because I feel like you have that clean-shaven, you know, kind of baby-faced look. But um, what-, what made you decide to get rid of the mustache? Because that could have been you know, your go-to look. You could have had like mustache DFS as your channel and just struck out on your own. It was frankly an enormous disaster. So not shaving it, I mean. Like my whole life, I suspected I could grow like a pretty good mustache. I don't have like a great beard, but I, I was pretty sure I could grow like a very legitimate mustache. And then what, I don't know if you guys heard about that when COVID-19, uh, you should look up the no, Wikipedia when that what is happened. That? Is that I, sound when, like, what <laughs> so is that? So when COVID-19 yeah, yeah. happened, I'm like, if not now, then when. I did the beard all summer. I finally shaved and went down to just the mustache. It was glorious, but I had a third child in September and I was like, do I want to be a mustache guy, you know, for like birth of my child photos? And I decided no, but I have regretted like every moment since I've shaved it basically. Is there any research about how children handle mustaches? And I don't like, I, this is a very, I don't expect you to know the answer, but like, I imagine it could be something where like kids either love it or they're like terrified. Cause I know when I was a little kid, I had an aunt who used to, who had red hair and used to wear a lot of makeup and I had a, a slight fear of clowns and I would be like, Oh, like I don't trust this woman. Cause she's like clearly part clown or some sort of uh, cl- covert clown. So mustaches and children, do they not work Pat? <laughs> Yeah, well, like, I'm a worrier, so I'm one of those people, I'm, like, wondering, like, if things I do will, like, subconsciously affect my children and, you know, like, create some neurosis or hang up in them, like, 30 years down the road. So I was, like, probably just shouldn't have the mustache. Even though, you know, newborn, that seems unlikely that I'd be creating, like, a lifelong neurosis in my newborn, but I'm not going to take any chances, and I'm, like, I'm not going to be a mustache dad uh, for the birth of one of my children. 
Well, Pete, I'll let you set this bit up because we didn't even give it. We normally, for any of our bits that are loosely tied to one of our guests' lives, we come up with a clever name and I feel like maybe I must ask you a question. A question, is that it? That was also like a bit of a tongue twister, but Pete, I'll let you take lead on this. Yeah, no, I was just thinking, you know, I feel like the facial hair, it, it can go in either direction. Like you can be, you know, deified like a Ryan Fitzpatrick with this glorious Zeus-esque beard, or people can be skeptical of you and, and distrust you. So I'm going to go through a few players with kind of infamous facial hair. And I want to know if like you do the rankings for Roto World, when you see these headshots, is your gut instinct to dock their projection in ranking or is it to boost them? I want to know how that's impacting your kind of thought process there. Yeah, absolutely. So, and this is, I already incorporate this in my rankings and projections. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully this will be a slam dunk for me. Let's start with Gardner Minshew. He is not playing here, uh, but you know, the people I'm told say he has swag. Pat, do you buy this swag or does this mustache make you distrust him? I, do, I mean, this is one where it's already become, you know, like a full-blown meme, like a full-blown cliche, but sometimes things become cliches just because they're true. And this is a ride or die mustache, basically. Like he has earned all like the plaudits for this one. This is the real deal. And I know we're like, we're already tired of talking about it, but when you see this kind of facial hair, you bump the projection like way up. You, uh, you're saying that I had a, you reminded me I had a buddy, uh, in college who got drunk one time, said stuff he shouldn't have said. And then when we called him out on it, he goes, stereotypes exist for a reason. <laughs> and we we're like, okay. So that, I agree with you. You know, these, these things happen. Let's move on here to this next one. Keenan Allen, he's been rocking this beard. It's not like super well kept, but it, I would say it's a, uh, it's pretty swaggy, uh, here. What do you say? Do you, do you trust him more in the rankings? Give him an extra target? Ultimately, I do because, yeah, it's not the world's best, but it's like a definitely like a committed to the bit beard. Like he's all in, like he's not turning back on this one. Like this is like take it or leave it. It's not going anywhere. Um, so, I mean, I've seen better, but like, you bump it up like uh, you give him like 7.5 extra yards for this beard. Basically. Th that's like one of those beers that you get, like if you wore an Amish Halloween costume once and everybody's like, I, I love this look on you. It's crazy. He's like, I'm going to roll it forward. Yeah. It does look like a kind of a glue on beard. <laughs> um, now, of course, we have the infamous Justin Herbert haircut. Uh, he kind of got away with kind of his adolescent look with the longer hair. It was like, oh, you're just like a pimply surfer dude or whatever. But now in the, in the cold light of day, Pat, what do you think of this haircut here as it relates to his fantasy performance? Yeah, I mean, this is a major doc because, okay, <laughs> somewhat I have a receding hairline, okay? And when you have this, this is like the least receded hairline I've ever seen in my life. And Justin Herbert's like, when you have that kind of hairline, man, like it's your, like, it's your obligation to like grow a ton of hair. And like he was, he was doing it. He was, he was doing what he was supposed to, to do with that kind of hairline. And like to see him just like taking it for granted now doing the buzz cut. I mean, it's a rookie mistake. So uh, he has the opportunity like to earn these projection points back eventually. But yeah, this is a major, major doc. Also the other look a little more like Southern California, like that one's just a generic QB. You would see being a dick to you in like the Madden combine cutscenes. scenes. <laughs> it like, yeah, I mean, looks like Jake Fromm. He looks like any of these dudes. I don't like it at all. 
Yeah, this like it looks like he was like a Johnny Unitas like themed photo shoot or something. You know, back when like Sports Illustrated had like a photo budget, like they would set up some huge elaborate thing. Like it's just not it's not working. It, it also like this one. You know how the whole you know it's uh you know we keep getting older, but these NFL players stay the same age. Like seeing Justin Herbert's baby face like makes me feel so old. I'm like this is a child out here. Someone someone had replied to one of my tweets when I posted this photo. I was like this is one of the greatest athletes in the world. Have we devolved as species <laughs> yeah it is it's like going back in time it's like seriously looking like this is like a 1950s quarterback prospect. yeah no. um let's go to this one this is an infamous headshot i mean your mustache before shaving it off i would say rivaled geo bernard's i mean one of the best headshots to see pop up when you are on the fantasy platforms what's your take on geo do you give him a few extra touches again because of it yeah, I mean, you. this is like a weak winning boost in the projections, basically. And I knew I was prepared for this one. I knew this one would be coming up. Our mustaches went viral at the same time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is like a clear winner. Like this is like a season changing. This is like the kind of like boost in the projections, like where you win the week. And it's like the thing that buoys you to like winning your league, like in a huge victory. Like this was one of the most this was the most important mustache of the year. It, it is true. I know you, you've been calling, you've been saying that Gio Bernard is your Eskimo mustache brother. Is what you're <laughs> I, I unfortunately was thinking of that phrase. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we are, we are long lost mustache brothers. There is no doubt about it. I mean, Joe Mixon has been out for so long now. I feel like it just must be that the mustache established dominance over him. And now he can't even think to get back on the field because he's basically been cuckolded by this <laughs> lush mustache that Gio wields. That's true. I mean, this thing is, this is truly unstoppable. All right, last one out of deference to your Roto World colleague uh, and kicker lover, Denny Carter. I had to throw Joey Sly up here with kind of the prototypical, you know, manly beard. Uh, does Sly move up in your rankings when you see this? No, I mean, there's just too much going on here. Like, this is like the <laughs> ultimate, like, there's a lot going on here picture. I mean, like, listen, so Justin Herbert, you know, like, we want you to look cool. Like we want you to like, yeah, you've got to hike. You're the quarterback. Like you got to have some like extra layers to your vibe. Joey Sly, you're just the kicker, man. Like it's one thing you can have the muscles, you can have the tattoos or you can have the beard, but you can't have all three. We need more of a kicker presentation. And it's just too much. I like Pete zooming in on the crotch for some reason. For <laughs> Joey Sly's all man. It's like a classic kicker move too, like the Steve Weatherfords or Weatherfords of the world, or or you know Pat McAfee, a guy I know too, where it's like I'm the kicker, but I'm the cool kicker. So yeah. check out my beard and my tattoos. Like you can, I'll drink some beers. I'm no pussy. Like it's basically what he's doing. Isn't it the most 21st century thing ever? That like not like cool kicker is like an established meme at this yeah. point. Like. Like we can't, I know it's like the modern times, like the, like anything goes now in the modern world, but like some things like this need to stay in their lane. Can't change. We don't need a cool kicker motif. Do you know what breaks it for me? Cause like, if I just saw this regularly, I might be like, Oh, that's some like random linebacker for the Panthers. But I see the single digit number four and I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I know what's going on here. You play special teams, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to be number 52 at least. Uh, yeah, to pull that. Up. All right, well, there he goes. I, I'm glad that uh, we got to the bottom of how facial hair impacts Roto Pat's proprietary ranking system. <laughs>
That's what that's people really wanted you on the show for, Pat, was just that. So thank you. No, let's get into the other more important things. I've had, of course, working over at Road World. Follow him at Roto Pat on Twitter. Check out all the work that he's doing over there, along with uh, John Daigle, one of our other friends who works at uh, Roto World as well. So lots of great content creators over there, a site you should still be following, uh, one of the trendsetters in the industry for good reason. But Roto World, the one thing they do better than anybody, injuries that actually matter and uh I guess, Pete, we could start with you because you love DeAndre Swift. You have been on board since day one. You are a Swifty. He's in concussion protocol, which in a week where he expected to be pretty highly owned in NFL DFS, I'm sure a lot of season-long players also excited to play him. But, Pete, how do you feel about this? Because concussion protocol on Thursday, not great, though it doesn't seem like he's fully ruled out yet. Yeah, I think it's pretty bad popping up on this this late in the week and as if Matt Patricia needs an excuse to give Adrian Peterson 20 carries. He wants to do it so bad. Like He just barely shrugs his shoulder like, oh, I don't have DeAndre Swift this week. Here we go. AP Bell Cow Week game going. So yeah, no, I'm worried about him. And he was going to be really popular in DFS too. So um, it's a bummer. Pat, Are you? Uh, do you think he plays or, or sits? No, I mean, this this one is like a heartbreaker. And I, I guess it's better to be in the concussion protocol than like getting COVID-19 on a Thursday. But I don't think you can get cleared uh, from either one of them in time for a Sunday. I, I, don't, I haven't looked in the particulars. Maybe the symptoms popped up earlier in the week or something. Maybe there's some there's always some loophole, you know, yeah. like a guy gets a concussion like Saturday morning at the hotel and there's somehow some loophole where he can still be cleared for Sunday. But it is not looking good. And yeah, and th- this seemed like this one was like too big. This one had been Matt Patricia proofed, like DeAndre <laughs> Swift and Lions backfield. Because I totally agree that he wanted like backdoor Adrian Peterson back in somehow, but there had truly had no longer been a choice. And uh, yeah, here it is though. Because um, yeah, this is like a, this is just a DFS ruiner. It's a season long ruiner too. It's this was like so one sad. of the biggest like week eleven injury bummers we could have had. Yeah. yeah, nice matchup for him, too. But uh, keep an eye on that one, of course, if you are playing him. And we're trying to play him in anything, but it does seem like trending towards out. Guy that we officially know is out, also at running back, Christian McCaffrey, out once again. And, Pat, I know you're doing the DFS side. You're following everything for Roto World. But you want to get some Mike Davis? That never goes poorly for anybody. Um, and now it's another time where you can do it. I mean, listen, everyone knows the only position that matters at this point is wide receiver. Uh, quarterback doesn't matter. Running back doesn't matter. Defense <laughs> doesn't matter. But it looks like at running back, Christian McCaffrey might matter a little bit. Uh, Mike Davis, it's been like very steadily less efficient on both a per carry and a per catch basis. But, you know, the workload is still so good. Like it's it's difficult, you know, not to like, – he can still be like your second running back in DFS. He can still be like a plug-and-play low-end RB1 in season long. Where You have to really trust the workload, but – yeah, the, it's been diminishing returns and uh, not nearly as fun as starting Christian McCaffrey. Pete, how are you feeling about Mike Davis this week after you had some last week? He was at the minimum price for running backs on DraftKings, and now uh, he's up at 6K, so uh, not quite the same value opportunity. I played Mike Davis. It's like the the Dr. Seuss. You know, I played him when he's low-owned. I played him when he's popular. I played him when he's cheap. I played, you know, so I'm just going to keep playing him. I, I won a lot of money on him early, and now I'm losing a lot late. I mean, the thing that concerns me the most is they're giving some carries to Rodney Smith. Like, that's that's when I start to get a little bit worried. I can live with Curtis Samuel stealing a few, but if Rodney Smith is going to steal away five, then we're in trouble. But I still kind of like him this week at his price tag. 
And also on that team, the Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater trending towards being out. We talked about this guy on Sunday. Pete and I both were in the XFL streets. Pat, I don't know if you shared that interest in our, our fleeting league there. Burn too bright. Now it's gone until The Rock brings it back, I guess, in 2022. But P.J. Walker starting. Pat, does it give you any sort of feelings here? Because for me, as somebody who won money on his back in the XFL, I'm excited to see it happening. Even the limited sample size, he's throwing for 12 intended air yards per attempt. So there could be something here. Or am I crazy, Pat? So, yeah, no, the city of St. Louis, you know, in a bit of a down cycle, we got our XFL team. That was something to cling to. I followed the XFL, was definitely a P.J. Walker fan. And, yeah, I mean, it was very limited. I can't remember. It was a Thursday night a few weeks ago where he came into the game. Like, it was only a series or two in place of Teddy Bridgewater. But it was, like, a noticeable difference where, like, he was trying to, like, get the ball down the field, actually. just It was, again, so limited, but it seemed like a different mindset than Teddy Bridgewater plays quarterback with. And, you know, Teddy's out. Uh, definitely, you know, PJ will be worth all, like, the hours and hours of DFS live stream discussion that he will generate. And I will be vaguely interested. Because, yeah, a guy who – a dual threat, uh, hopefully aggressive with, like, those weapons at his disposal, you can definitely see uh, th- there's a very, like, uh, reasonable path to upside there. Pete, how are you feeling about it? We talked about PJ and you've had to, you have to indulge all my whims about backup quarterbacks on a weekly basis, but how are you feeling about his prospects? Cause it actually does look like this Panther stack is going to be owned perhaps because of the buzz that's going to start to surface that Pat just mentioned around PJ Walker. Yeah. I have no concerns about, you know, PJ Walker's talent. I mean, I, I I've seen everything I need to see, but Pat, <laughs> I'll throw this back to you because you're in the news streets. I saw a report that the Panthers said they might like split some series with Will Greer. Does that concern you at all? It does, but I mean, having seen, so we've seen a little <laughs> bit of PJ Walker. I feel like we've seen a lot of bit of Will Greer, even though it hasn't been that much. Will Greer was just a classic, like one game. You're like, I've seen enough. Like uh, this is not <laughs> happening. This should not be a thing. And maybe I'm just like trying to like uh, avoid like hurting myself. I'm just not even entertaining the possibility that Will Greer will be a thing this week. But uh I am Teddy Bridgewater still not fully out by the way. Like he said Thursday, like he's like, I'm taking it day by day basically. Um, but uh, my guess, <laughs> your, your impersonation was like, he's like an old man, like in a, <laughs> well, in a cane. I'm day by day. <laughs> he does feel that way. Doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, it feels like Teddy has been around for like three decades. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm trying to not even entertain that painful idea that it could be Will Greer. Fair. Fair. Yeah. So, and, and it's worth noting that he's going to be, but PJ Walker, watch the ownership. But if he gets up to 10%, uh, he might not have one of the chalkier QBs on the slate because of that value he represents. Another QB injury in the NFC South, Drew Brees out, Jameis to start. And Pete, we talked about this a little bit, but when it comes down to brass tax, are you willing to play some Jameis? I, I did see one screenshot, which might have been retweeted by you, but somebody posting like, oh, Jameis, I'm going to play his two most popular receivers, and it's Michael Thomas in the Falcons defense. So, yeah. Uh, that is uh, an option as well, but how are you feeling about Jameis, Pete? Yeah, well, first of all, I just have to say I'm legally obligated as a DFS tout to mention you can play Taysom Hill on the flex in fa- on FanDuel, so uh, just so everyone knows that is a cheat code that no one knows about that everyone knows about. So uh, there's your PSA for the week. Um, I, I'm i a little worried about Jameis for DFS as it pertains to ownership. It seems like people want to play him, and I don't think we're going to get the full unleashed push the ball down the field and he also doesn't have like the Mike Evans type weapons that allow him to do that so I when I think of Michael Thomas I think of like the precision slant routes from Drew Brees not you know Jameis Winston erratically pushing the ball down the field so I don't think I'm as excited as the public on him but I'm curious to hear if uh, Roto Pat's on him 
Yeah, it's weird. So, like, we know that we're not going to get Bucks, Jameis Winston, yeah. because like the Saints are like, you know, one of the most efficient, like, self-contained universe offenses in the NFL. Like, one where it's like so much about timing, like things happening like the right way, and like avoiding like these dumb mistakes. But you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it is Jameis Winston. Like, he can only not be Jameis Winston for so long. And I mean, I thought about it too with the rankings, like the projections. Like, it's a good, uh, you know, a supporting cast. But like you said, it's not like the supporting cast he had last year. But I mean, the Falcons allow by far the most, uh, 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 by far the most fantasy points to rival quarterbacks. Like, it's a defense he has a lot of familiarity with. And I just think like maybe like a quarter or two, he'll be able to like play like the Saints' way. I just have a very hard time believing like in the 60 minutes, we're not going to eventually get some like full Jameis Winston. And in season long, at least I'm like very comfortable with him as a top 10 quarterback. Taysom Hill. I mean, he attempted, I believe literally one pass while Drew Brees was out for five games last year. I just not really that worried about it. Maybe that's famous last words with Taysom Hill. But I, I am comfortable with Jameis Winston as the top 10 quarterback. Jameis actually looks like going to not be very on, at least according to the Osmo ownership projections. We'll see if that changes. But um, he's projected for under 2%. And, you know, I, I love P.J. Walker. I, again, I could do an hour show just talking about him. <laughs> but if Winston's going to be 2% and Walker's going to be 10%, like I'd probably rather have Jameis because I agree with Pat. Like I think he's going to actually take some of those lower, more high efficiency throws, lower A dot throws to Kamara. Kamara's been heavily involved in the past game. Maybe he feeds Michael Thomas a little more aggressively. Manuel Sanders also mostly running short routes, but then he's going to take one of those shots or two of those shots downfield. And if he does could actually be even better results than he had last year, where that was basically a coin flip. You know, if you work the underneath strategically and smartly, like you could see a really good Jameis or, you know, you could see the Jameis roller coaster. I think it's, it's, that's the fun. Jameis is GPP Jameis for a reason. Yeah, maybe that is the play. Like in your lineups, you either need to have Jameis or the Falcons defense. Like, you know, (laughs) one of them should hit. <laughs> no, the and, most uh, 2020 thing ever would be both of them somehow hitting. Like, yeah, that is 2020. They got to both be in every lineup. And uh, the last injury that matters, which really matters probably less than some of these other ones, but Drew Locke and Brett Rippon spitting reps, uh, splitting reps with Locke's injured ribs. And uh, Locke, it does seem maybe not going to get in this week, though, uh, about as 50-50 as it can be. Not a great implied total here, but we've seen Denver have some upside. So, Pat, does this injury even rank for you at all with Drew Locke maybe starting? Brett Rippon also looked good in his limited action, but, you know, really it's tough to justify, I feel like, on a large slate with so many options. Yeah, especially against the Dolphins, who have been kind of been making like their season on like the back of like disemboweling these kind of quarterbacks. <laughs> like if it's Brett Rippin, I mean Brett Rippin, yeah, it was uh, I mean, it was against the Jets, right? And like it was okay, but I mean there were definitely a lot of red flags. And uh when you have like a red flags against the Jets, uh Brett Rippin would probably be like straight up RIP versus the Dolphins and you know, like normal, like like Drew Drew Lock is like due to have like a full YOLO ball game at some point. Like he's going to like start hitting some of these deep like right now that just seem hopeless targets. But uh, if, you know, if he plays, it's gonna be like sixty percent against the Dolphins. And yeah, I would probably just be staying away from this situation, uh, despite you know, there's always gonna be that upside there because there's pretty great, uh, big play stable of weapons. But yeah, probably a situation to. Not a great over-under in this one either. Only 45 points that it's come down throughout the week. Pete, uh, real fast, I presume you're not you're not a big Drew Locke guy or or a crappy quarterback guy. So any interest at all in this situation for you? No, and it, it's also because the Miami defense has been so good this year. I wouldn't have been high on on Drew Locke or or the backup here. I think it's a pretty bad spot for them. 
All right, and uh, on to the rest of week 11 here. And actually, I mean, I feel like we don't really need much of an overview, but real fast, Dalvin Cook is back on the slate. Does seem like he's going to take a large portion of the ownership. And he is really a decision point you have to make given the upside he's had, uh, kind of like a Christian McCaffrey last year, though the price not as high, so that does make him a little more viable to get into lineups. And Pat, how are you handling the situation with Dalvin Cook? Because we've sort of landed on, I, I personally believe, and I think Pete's on a similar train here, you have to play some each week because he's shown that upside. And uh, we've beaten that drum, you know, especially if you are a person playing the max 20s and max 150s in DFS. But how do you feel about him if he's going to be owned by even up to half the field, let's say, in a lot of the big DFS tournaments? Just for the record, by the way, I am a total DFS noob. I mostly play like if you, I, I play one of those $4.44 cent fan duel. Like we get a couple two, three lineups in there. Uh, so I do play, but I am noob level uh, still at DFS, even though I've been playing it for five years and I work full time for a fantasy football <laughs> website. Uh, but he, Dalvin Cook is kind of getting like like early career Odell Beckham vibes or like, you know, 2019 Christian McCaffrey vibes where it seems like, like basically like you're fighting City Hall, like if you don't play him <laughs> and you almost just kind of have to do it. And, you know, it was kind of easy to foresee what happened Monday night against the Bears, although he's still almost 30 touches, sheer force of will, had a 100-yard night. But, yeah, he, he is basically seeming like too big to fail kind of at this point. And if you're going to go down, I almost feel like you should go down uh, with or you should go down with Dalvin Cook instead of without Dalvin Cook. I did hear you say that you play on FanDuel exclusively, so I just want to let you know you can play Taysom Hill in your tight end. <laughs> I had and see as much as I knew, I had already been hearing uh, that motif uh, that meme, uh, several times this week. So uh, we're looking. I'm having my people look into it. Basically, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Pete, how are you feeling about Dalvin Cook at a, a high price point in DFS? Obviously, in season long, if you were thinking about benching Dalvin Cook, I don't even know what you're doing. You're just being contrarian in a way that doesn't make any sense but pete in dfs dalvin cook if he's going to be that own let's say uh give me your take in sort of the general gpps as well as the bigger ones the, the spies you play and some of the other high dollar ones you play with your your line movement friends yeah i think he will be very popular and because alvin kamara is so priced up as well i you know if there's a little bit of a discount on kamara i could see it maybe splitting more but i think he's just a better play i think for me personally if I'm going to play him at that ownership, I'm going to want to get creative around it. And maybe it is with a gross Andy Dalton double stack. I mean, all of these Cowboys guys are so cheap. Michael Gallup's 3,700. Amari Cooper's 5,400. Uh, CD Lamb's there in the high four. So um, I might do that way being like, what if Dalvin Cook goes off and then the Cowboys have to play catch up here? So that's how I might try to get off of just like a, a one-off chalky Dalvin. And uh, I guess just to give the close the loop on Dalvin, well, I'm sure we'll talk about him again as we go through the ride or die picks, but uh, I have him as having a 50% chance to be a top two running back on the week using the standard deviations for our Monte Carlo Sims. So still think he's worth playing. I will probably be with the field or slightly above it because why not go down with the Dalvin Cook ship? And that's the way that it's got to go. And in fantasy football this year, guys, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, give us five stars and a review on Apple podcast. If you're doing that, make sure to follow at RotoPad as well for being a great guest coming on this show. And uh, let's do the troll equity play before we get into the ride or dies. So Pete, uh, you explain the, the troll equity play. I'm gonna make you explain everything. So I just feel like we're throwing it back and forth like a good team. Yeah. Yeah. So the troll equity play, you know, uh, Basically, these situations that people get overconfident in, whether it's DFS or just the smash play, maybe DeAndre Swift before the concussion. And who are the guys that could come in and just ruin all of our best laid out plans? You know, the classic one is that Latavius Murray, uh, you know, stealing touches from Alvin Kamara at the goal line. 
Yeah, so that's the troll play. So, uh, Pete, I guess I'll let you make the first pick here. So get, show Pat how it's done by showing your your best troll play for Week 11. Yeah, well, let, let's, you know, we were talking about Dalvin Cook. Let's just do it. I mean, how does Dalvin Cook fail? Uh, Alexander Madison comes in. You know, Dalvin Cook has a long run. Alexander Madison comes in at the goal line, steals a couple of these touchdowns. Then they get up and they rest Dalvin Cook. And everyone's pissed off, except me, because then we post this clip and I nailed Alexander Madison and I'm the Oracle. <laughs> I'll go in the same thread, but I think actually Adam Thielen might be a more interesting troll play to me just because uh, Justin Jefferson also looks like he's going to be pretty highly owned. And Pete, you nailed Justin Jefferson being the showdown captain on Monday. So all kudos go to you, which we'll talk about, I guess, to recap. Uh, that's enough of a recap on the ride or die picks for last week. <laughs> but you got him right, but he's going to be pretty highly owned, it looks like. So Thielen just being underappreciated to me, I think he's a more potential or more obvious potential troll play. Um, also actually scores touchdowns. So that's one thing that helps him out. Pat, uh, given that criteria now, it doesn't have to be a Minnesota Viking, by the way. Don't be uh, <laughs> misconstrued by us focusing on those guys. But any troll plays for you pop to mind? Well, first, it's going to be hard for troll play. We've already seen like maybe the two ultimate troll plays of all time. I feel like the past two weeks were Kalen Balaj coming off the practice squad to a 20-touch Chargers debut and then doing it again last week. And then last week, too, with Miles Sanders, you know, I'm like, it's going to happen finally. Like, my, like the stars have aligned for Miles Sanders and then – on five touches, his backup score two touchdowns to his zero touchdowns. I don't know if that can really be top this week, but I just feel like it's going to be like a New Orleans Saint. Uh, but I was surprised to hear that Jameis uh, is projected solo owned. So it's going to be like someone like uh, – well, that wouldn't work anyway, so that would correlate with Jameis. I'm like, it's going to be some terrible Saints reserve receiver that Jameis has like developed chemistry with on the second team offense. But uh, basically, yeah, that wouldn't work at all because that would actually be good for Jameis Winston. Uh and the, the answer is I have no idea about anything. <laughs> I and, think that uh, was that's a fair enough threat. Yeah, I feel like I people like are going to be on Michael Thomas, a Deontay Harris or somebody like that getting a touchdown. That seems Mark plausible. Hill, you know, he's going to just go off. He's going to explode, going to go nuclear. Whoever the Saints number two tight end is just going straight up nuclear. Number three <laughs> running back is just Ty Montgomery is going nuclear this weekend. The revenge of uh, Adam Troutman coming back into the lineup yeah. again. Uh, all right, let's get to the ride or die plays for week 11. And Pete, uh, real fast, explain the rules of the ride or die picks, which I have to point out, Pete won. And Pete actually won in a pretty noteworthy way last week. Picked, I think he picked two 10-pointers in that stretch. It was Willis did the whole accounting of it. So uh, we, you know, you can look back on that on your own, Pete. But give the explanation of what we can do here for the ride or die picks. Uh, yeah, so I, I gave Pat the uh, the rundown in the DMs. You can pick anything you want, but we just grade it based on how aggressive it is. If it's a, a spread bet or something with a 50% probability, one point, a little more aggressive, say like 30% likelihood, that's worth three points. And any true Hail Mary play, that is worth 10 points. And uh, yeah, we're going to go rapid fire through all the games and give our pick here. And like we said, everything's fair game. All right, so let's get into the first game here. Tennessee getting 22.3 implied points on a 49.5 point over under. Baltimore getting 27.3 implied points. So uh, Pete, set the table with the first pick here in our ride or die picks for week 11. Okay, so let's see here. So we have uh, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews are going to be very popular. Mark Andrews is going to be the chalk. Let's get spicy here. Let's get really spicy. Let's say... Anthony Ferkser outscores Mark Andrews this week. Honestly, I don't even know if that's that spicy anymore, given how much Mark <laughs> Andrews sucks week after week. Pat, how are you feeling here? What do you want in terms of the ride or die picks? 
Well, this was the only one I left blank, by the way. So I'm glad <laughs> we're starting with it. But I think what was the over under 49 and a half? I think the last yep. I saw it. Yeah. I'm feeling the under on that. Like two offenses is kind of like in disarray. Like Ryan Tannehill has completed fewer than 20 passes four weeks in a row. I don't think we're going to be getting like a divisional round reprise from Ryan Tannehill. And the Ravens did finally show some signs of life against the Patriots last week. So maybe they will get going. But I feel like two offenses not in sync right now. And I would actually maybe say that I thought about saying Mark Andrews will get his first 100-yard game of the season just because, like, they need to get that going, like, so badly. And, you know, Titans, not a good defense at all. I can't remember their numbers against tight ends, but uh, I-, I am feeling the under here. So I'm, I'm going with a one-pointer and just uh, I don't think these offenses are in sync right now to hit the over. All right, I think uh, uh, someone, someone with John Smith. I like John Smith. He's not going to be on. Um, does he get to 20 fantasy points? That seems lofty. But so John yeah, Smith, I'll, I'll three catches. It. That's a 10. That's a 10 pointer. I'll say John Smith gets over te- over 20 fantasy points this week. That seems way too lofty, but um, I'll, it's a good way to troll Pete for Anthony Ferkser, too. So why not? That's that's the move. You can't troll the troller. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know Anthony Ferkser went to an Ivy League school? I did. Uh, I, I did hear that. Yeah, huh. I, actually I, did I made hear that joke. That's actually not much of a meme with him. Like that was. I feel like he's the one Ivy League tight end where it doesn't get discussed every time he touches the ball. <laughs> I have more of a QB thing too, though, where I feel like yeah, they're like, true. "Oh, this guy's so it's smart. True. He went to the Ivy Leagues. That's that he must be good." Well, we got the other one now that we have to push. People forget that Cole Komet, you know, went to an Ivy League school as well. So we got to keep doing this. That Wait, no, he was Notre Dame. Sorry. He was Notre I was Dame. Making- I thought you I thought I was, I was waiting missing- for like the big Notre Dame joke reveal. No, <laughs> this is who I mixed him up with. Ben Bronker or whatever, who the Bears had drafted a few years back. He went to Harvard and I mixed up the white, you know, tight ends, whatever. Yeah, Notre Every Dame. White they Harvard tight end in the history of the world has sorry, I have to interrupt and talk over you, has caught at least <laughs> 10 NFL career passes. It's a fact. It's a fact. No, I just want to insult Notre Dame more, so that's fine. I I'm I'm a USC man. I refuse to let Notre Dame. I also had to watch that. My girlfriend wanted to watch SNL the other week when Chappelle was on and that Notre Dame game went on so long and it was exciting, but they won and I just hated every minute of having to watch those assholes win in overtime. Next game up, Philadelphia getting 22.3 implied points, Cleveland getting 25.3 implied points, a three-point favorite at home, 47 and a half point over under. It seems like the weather, not as much of a concern this week after it's been really mitigating in Cleveland lately. Uh, Pat, now you know the rules, so we'll let you go first here. What do you want in your ride or die picks for this game? Uh, well, I feel bad because I don't know how trolly these are supposed to be. This one, Alshon Jeffrey scores exactly one point one PPR point. <laughs> uh, well, I'll give we'll give so every once in a while we bust out the rare one hundred pointer. We'll we'll give you the hundred pointer for that one. <laughs> he yep, scores exactly one point one PPR. But it's the probably the first play of the game too. Like try to get his confidence going to throw him a one yard pass and he just can't catch a pass. <laughs> oh, I love this. Um, I, I guess I'll go before you, uh, Pete, and I will take in this one Man, not a lot jumping out to me. Uh, I can't do another tight end too with Dallas Goddard. I guess I'll say Jarvis Landry outscores Miles Sanders. Is that a thing? Is that enough for you? Uh, Pete, my, um, my harsh dictator. So let me see if what I would give you on. I mean, that's it's definitely in play. I need to get my projection up here. So Landry, three, 13.14 miles, 15.56. That's not as uh, far as I would have thought. 
the thing is, is I was going to do Jarvis Landry. So I'm, I'm really steamed up about this. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you three pointers for that. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. But am um, I really boomer actual into, I would take the under on, I'm, cause I'm just expecting like another Lake Erie hurricane to emerge. <laughs> yeah. Just not at 48 points. Um, so yeah. Um, all right. Then I will, what will I do here? Okay. I'll do, um, I'll do Jalen Rager. Over 20 DraftKings points. I think he uh, is really emerging as kind of the lead alpha here. So after Alshon gets his one catch for one yard, it's Jalen Rager season. Oh, I think it's back to Fulgham this week, but I we'll see here. There's too many Eagles receivers to love, as we all know. That's the thing people always say about the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Next game up, Atlanta getting 23 implied points at New Orleans, getting 27 and a half implied points for them. Uh, their totals actually come down a decent amount since open. Um, over under in this one's 50.5 points. And Pat, you can go first in this one. So I actually am vaguely familiar to, like, even though I play FanDuel, I kind of have a good idea for what the DK points are. And I'm going to say Jameis Winston just body bags Taysom Hill and gets four times as many DK points. He gets like 32, 33 DK points. Taysom Hill gets like seven or eight, which would still be, that'd be an injustice him getting that many. Uh, yeah. But he, so, he attempted one pass while Drew Brees was out last year. He's like five. I know he's exploded this year. He has like five attempts, but I just think this is going to be like the fraud of the century. And Taysom Hill's usage is not going to change at all. And we're going to get some real Jameis in the second half. After he, after he spends a half playing in structure, we're getting Jameis going nuts after halftime. All right, Pete, I'll let you go since I stole Jarvis Landry from you. What do you want in this one? Oh, yeah, now you let me go when I don't have a good one here. Um, I will do uh, Jared Cook outscores Michael Thomas. Ooh, okay. Jared Cook outscores Michael Thomas. I will take um, – Mike- <laughs> Pat had something to see. I was going to say, I could see that because that, that's, yeah. like, that's a Jameis Winston-type target. Like huge Jared Cook up the seam, and you know Jameis just throwing it like two feet over his head, like where he can high point it. That's a that's a Jameis Winston type player. Yeah, I I think Michael Thomas is going. To, uh, I'll take the pick. I'll take it. It feels like a trap. He still hasn't been there this year, but uh, Michael Thomas makes the Millionaire Maker winning lineup will be my pick for for him. I feel like that's if anybody's going to get him there, it's got to be Jameis or Taysom Hill, whichever, whichever way that works out next game up Pittsburgh getting 28.3 implied points. Jacksonville getting 17.8 implied points over under 46. in this one, Jacksonville side has come down a point throughout the week over under has come down a point and a half throughout the week. Uh, Pete, you can go first. Yeah, I am going to do, um, so I'm looking at James Robinson's projection, 16.86. Chase Claypool's is 12.92. I'll say Chase Claypool outscores James Robinson. Okay, that's not that hot of a take. I guess that's the barest of margins for a No, no, no. You just did with literally a, two, four points less difference of Miles Sanders. So just get out of here with that shaming. Pat, what do you want in this one? I'm going to go the other James Robinson direction. And this is, I don't know if this, this kind of structure is allowed, but I'm going to say James Robinson reaches 25 carries even as the Steelers cover the 10-point spread just because I think they're like – I think the Jags are like fully on like the 2019 Joe Mixon diet or even like the 2016 Chip Kelly diet in San Francisco where the game flow doesn't matter, the game script doesn't matter. They're just like running no matter what. Like this is like this a horror spot for Jake Luton. And like James Robinson, he's just been taking control of the offense, you know, for like five or six weeks. And I just think like game flow like doesn't matter for him anymore. And that will like reach its zenith this week against the Steelers. 
Yeah, yeah, Luton's going to be in a tough spot. He's been really bad under pressure this year. Steelers blitz at a very high rate, get pressure 35% of the time. So, yeah, I would say as much as I love my backup quarterbacks, don't play Jake Luton this week. Um, I will say that uh, Chase Claypool <laughs> scores James Robinson. Uh, is that, Pete, is that is that a good one? <laughs> no. He's upset. <laughs> um, I will say that Chase Claypool over 20 fantasy points. Is that is that a good enough one? Sure. It's a, you know, I guess we like the same things. I don't know what to tell you, man. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Pick a, there's literally 400 Pittsburgh wide receivers <laughs> to choose from. Why do you have to pick mine? Chase is always my guy, man. I, I end up with like, I end up with stupid amounts of him every week because he just what? projects. I'll propose well. a bonus one. James Washington, more DK points than DJ shark. Question. Wow. Uh, that's hot. That is that's, spice. That's really spicy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next game up, uh, Detroit getting 23 implied points. Carolina, we talked about earlier, getting 26 implied points. Uh, the over-under in this one's 49, and um, I'm just going to do this for the brand. Uh, Philip Walker, millionaire maker. Actually, no, top value quarterback. I'm not going to be a hero. Top value quarterback on the slate relative uh, to that metric. So, Pat, you can take one now. I'll do uh, We were making Adrian Peterson jokes earlier, but... I'm going to say carry on Johnson will be the highest scoring lion in this game. And Ooh. I kind of, I kind of feel like, cause I think Deandre Swift, unfortunately is not going to play as we we're talking about. And I, I think Adrian Peterson is just like, he's run out of like old man bucks, basically like he spent whatever he had. I mean, he had a lot of capital left for being as old, but like, I feel like he spent whatever he had left earlier in the season. And, you know, when even Matt Patricia, you know, can't get him 10 carries anymore, which he hasn't done for like a month. Like maybe his legs are just dying, like coming out from underneath them. And Carryon Johnson can kind of catch a few passes too. And I get to see like a sadness world where Carryon Johnson is the highest scoring, like whatever, like even in redraft and DK and FanDuel, right? Mm. He is the most fantasy points as a lion this week. Yeah. He had more snaps than Peterson last week too. So that's definitely could be some opportunity here. People won't be playing a lot of carry on, even though we've seen that upside before. Uh, Pete, what about you? Yeah, I'm on the same similar wavelength here, but I'm going to go with another Lion as the top scoring one. And I'll say TJ Hawkinson uh, scores the most points for the Lions. All right. So they have some shooting potential. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next game up, New England getting 25 implied points. Houston getting 24 implied points over under a 49. It's come up a point and a half throughout the week. Uh, Pat, we'll go back to you for the first choice. Yeah, I mean, this one, I feel like it's half bold, half not bold. I feel like Brandon Cooks will outscore Will Fuller this week. Uh, will Fuller just seems like a classic person who's going to get thrown in Bill Belichick jail. Just like even with like the struggling Patriots defense little – Playing a little better in recent weeks, you know, J.C. Jackson really coming up. Steph Gilmore is back and playing right, and uh, for Will Fuller just seems like someone to me that will, Bill Belichick will be able to take away. And Brandon Cooks was running really hot before last week, kind of like become like a floor player, which was like never ever his thing in fantasy. But I think that Brandon Cooks will outscore Will Fuller this week. So their projection is very similar. So unfortunately, we can only give you one point for that. But that's a, that's we a, do appreciate how you uh, you argued for the position. When I, I do agree, uh, Brandon Cooks has uh, the much higher floor there. With the times Will Fuller does win that one, he wins it big. Uh, but you're probably winning it more often with Brandon Cooks. I gotta ask you guys: right. Do you feel like do you feel like Duke Johnson like? I'm kind of worried we're going to get Buddy Howell season. I feel like Duke is like really teetering, like really. Cause like he wasn't like in a chase Edmonds situation, like in his change of pace touches, he wasn't like chase Edmondsing early seat. Like he was not like having big gains at all. And like, it was very, you know, disappointing last week. And I'm afraid Duke's like about, 
to like give up his grip on like this plug and play every snap roll. I'm just very worried. About Howell it. only got one snap last week, which actually kind of surprised me. He got a little more. I mean, he got some if you got the co- the coverage and the kick game and all that. But uh, I don't know, Pete. How do you feel about this? And I guess if you want to make your pick too, you can do that. If maybe yeah. Duke Johnson related, who knows? Yeah, maybe I'll make it Duke Johnson. Related. Yeah, I see. I had that concern going into this game, and then he played 95 percent of the snaps, yeah. and I was like, man, maybe maybe they do actually finally trust him, but. To your point, I would not be shocked one bit if some other rando comes in here and gets 10 carries. But you know what? Let's uh, let's double down on Duke Johnson here. We'll do Duke Johnson over 20 fantasy points to really stick it to Roto Pat and his bad buddy <laughs> Holly take. I'm going to go to the New England side for my pick, and uh, this guy's going to be owned, though. But Jacoby Myers over 20 fantasy points. I like the price tag on him. I like Houston's bad defense. And Jacoby uh, running out of the slot, so I don't think he's – a lot of the shadow coverage out there says he's going to be shadowed by Bradley Roby. I don't think Roby moves into the slot that much, at least from uh, my my little bit of research on that. So um, I like Jacoby, and I like this New England pass game. And, uh, oh, man, I, if Cam Newton lets me down, it won't be surprising at all. But nice spot on paper. Uh, next game up, we got Cincinnati getting 23 implied points, Washington getting 24 implied points, over under a 47. And in uh, this one, Pete, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. Uh, we all love these rookie wide receivers. I think I've hit on him and some rider dies before. Uh, I don't think he's going to be super high owned again. I'll say T Higgins over 20 DraftKings points this week, 5,900. And I think we'll come in less than 10% ownership. All right, Pat, what do you want in this one with Cincinnati and Washington? He's going to do a really quick T Higgins spiel. We're like, yeah. And like half PPR scoring, he's the wide receiver nine by average points over the past five weeks. Uh, Six catches, three or four games, eight targets, three or four games, two 100 yard games in there. So to me, he's like a borderline wide receiver one this week. Um, My pick for this is Alex Smith is going to have his third straight uh, 300 yard game, which like, I feel the super gross saying that, but I mean, the Bengals allow the, the seventh most uh, quarterback fantasy points, the seventh most just raw passing yards, uh, one of the easiest defenses in the league to throw on, whereas, you know, Washington's running game still is like it's it's percolating a little bit, but they're not like a dominant run team. And I just feel like we're going to get a ton of attempts from Alex Smith again, and I feel another 300-yard game coming for Al. Yeah, lots of nice safe targets for Alex Smith for the most part, even with McLaurin out there. Um, I, man, I really don't like anything in this one either. Also, this game is shockingly a lot of ownership across all these different guys, it looks like. Uh, Terry McLaurin going to be one of the highest owned wide receivers of the week, and Logan Thomas too. Um, I guess I'll say Gio Bernard over 20 fantasy points. So he gets enough pass game work. And I maybe I could see Cincinnati falling behind, maybe getting some checkdowns. Uh, so I'll, I'll take that, but I, I don't feel great about it. So that's, that's my caveat in this one. So Pete, if you want to give me 10 points for Gio over 10, over 20 fantasy points, that's no, fine. I will. I will absolutely not do that. I mean, <laughs> it's, Fair enough. It's, it's angling right. for like the Michigan level accounting on, on scoring here. <laughs> I'm going to sue you in every state. We're going <laughs> to, that's right. Apologies for getting political. <laughs> Next game up. Miami getting 24 implied points. Denver getting 21 implied points over under a 45. It's come down a point over the course of the week since this game opened. And I think I'm due to go first in one of these. So, uh, God, this, this one's really gross too. I'll take Jerry Judy over 20 fantasy points. The air yards stay there for him. He's getting the work. I think whether it's ripping or lock out they're going to look for Judy a lot. So that's my pick. Pat, go ahead and follow me up. I'm just going to say Matt Breida. Few, I, Matt, by the way, Matt Breida could have been the troll play of the week because like he's someone we wanted to happen for so long and then didn't happen. And like this week, we probably I feel like a lot of people won't be wanting him to happen. So then, of course, he'll just happen. 
But I think I think Matt Breida will be five or fewer touches. They just weren't that into him for whatever reason before he got hurt. They seem to really like what they've got going with Salvin Ahmed. And uh, I mean, I'm still kind of a Matt Breida fan. I don't really know why. Maybe the Stockholm <laughs> syndrome. But I think Matt Breida will be under five touches. All right, Pete, what do you want in this one? Yeah, I'm going to say KJ Hamler outscores Devontae Parker with the thesis being that I do think the Dolphins are going to have their way defensively on the ground, might not need to throw as much. KJ Hamler's been getting a ton of targets uh, lately, maybe in garbage time, he ends up squeaking past Devontae Parker. All right, yeah, this this game seems kind of weird. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if this one got a little loose and there was some more scoring, and it wouldn't surprise me if it were like 14-10 Dolphins win and just barely do anything to get by, but uh, that's why they play the games, I suppose. Next game up, speaking of why they play the games, to see the New York Jets, who have 18.3 implied points, the Chargers getting 27.8 implied points, Sam Darnold looks like he'll be out again, Joe Flacco after his last uh, pretty solid start here, going to be an underdog on the road against the freshly shorn Justin Herbert. Pete, what do you want in this game? Also, 46-point over-under. I love rookies. Will you give me 10 points on Denzel Mims outscoring Keenan Allen? Yeah, I would do that. That's a 10-pointer for sure. Let's do it. Denzel Mims. It's also just a bad play. Perriman's back. Look, that's, I, I don't agree with that at all. But you know what? Fine. That's We won't clip this if I'm wrong. Pat, go ahead and take what you oh, want. Oh, I'll clip it. I'll go in there with my own little <laughs> video editing skills, and I'll clip the hell out of it. This one, I'm, I'm, yeah, he's got very good video. I would, I would uh, take that threat seriously. Uh, I'm going to go off menu on this one. Joey Bosa scores a defensive touchdown, and uh, to celebrate, he pulls up his jersey to reveal a shirt where he has written "Stop the Steal" on the shirt. And, uh, uh, so yeah, that's that is what is happening in this Chargers uh, Jets game. I think that's both our first IDP uh, related uh, <laughs> ride or die, and also another hundred pointer there for you. Wow, there we go. It'd be crazy when you beat all of our scores for the year in one game. Thanks to Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, I guess for me in this one, I will. Uh, man, how how spiteful do I want to be towards Pete? I'm going to take Brashad Perriman over. Actually, Brashad Perriman outscores Keenan Allen. Of the, so that's my. Thing. You guys hate Keenan Allen, man. Uh, <laughs> messed up. Uh, Keenan Allen, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't hate him at all. I just, I like where Pete's going with it, and I'm just gonna. This is how I'm gonna get my joy this week after Pete stopped me last week. Is that's why taking all his picks, tweaking them on the dial by just point one. Uh, next game up, oh God, Dallas getting 20.3 implied points. The return of Andy Dalton, even though Garrett Gilbert should be starting. Minnesota getting 27.3 implied points. They're a seven-point favorite at home, 47.5 point over-under in this one. And um, I guess, Pat, back to you for the first one. I don't know, like, the consensus over-under for Amari Cooper's yardage total is. I found 57.5, and I'm going to just take the over on Amari Cooper's yardage where he's only been under 67 yards twice all season. One of those was the infamous uh, Nooch game. Uh, so I think we can just throw that one out. And you can say a lot of things about our friend, friend of the show, I think Andy Dalton, um, but something he was never accused of in Cincinnati was like not getting his dudes, like their numbers, like for being as bad, he usually got people with their fantasy numbers and especially against a, uh, like the Viking secondary is like starting every FedEx driver that isn't the Titans punter right now. So I just think it's going to happen for Amari Cooper and he will get over uh, 57 and a half yards. Right. Yeah, that's that's a fair one. That's that's a one pointer, though, right? It's a one pointer. I know it's a yeah. one pointer, but um, you know what? He kind of he's earned it after these, uh, you know, very, very uh, thin uh, hundred pointers. I mean, you, you've earned a one pointer. 
Thank you. I, uh, hopefully so. Uh, yeah, I, I got to build. Yeah, I got to build some points somewhere. I got to bank some points. So I'm banking one on Amari Cooper. Pete, what do you want to bank in this one? I'm going to say Michael Gallup at 3,700 finds his way into the winning Millie Maker lineup. Gets loose uh, for some big plays, and that price tag just too cheap. Okay. Yeah, it certainly seems like he's got to do that at some point this year, though. Uh, Andy Dalton, who knows if he'll be one of the guys that gets his numbers. Um, I will say, f- man, it, what, what's a what's a good Dalvin Cook back? I don't even know. Like Dalvin Cook over forty? Is that is that what does that get? No, his projection right now, uh, Derek Cardi at Grinders has it at twenty four point nine five. So it would be similar. You can do the over thirty for three points. Okay, I'll do over 30 for Dalvin. I, I think this matchup against the Cowboys is one uh, where he actually could break the slate once again and probably do it with very little effort because the Cowboys do not defend the run well at all or really anything, but 160 rushing yards per game allowed is not good for them. Next game up, Green Bay getting 25 implied points. Indianapolis getting 26 implied points over under a 51. Uh, Pete, I'll let you go first. Yeah, this game is interesting because it has one of the higher over under totals on the main slate. We have questions about Devonte Adams ankle. I'm doing a rundown of the game to buy myself time. As I think of a really <laughs> good bet. Um, why don't I just keep my bit about these rookie wide receivers? Let's say I will say Michael Pittman jr. Outscores Devonte Adams. Oh, wow. That's a real bold one. That's, uh, that's a 10 pointer, right? I would think here. This is the one where, yeah. Uh, okay. I'll just take the 10 points before I try to talk myself out of 10 points. All right, Pat, what do you want in this one? If it's, if it's Michael Pittman too, then, then please feel free to pile on. Well, honestly, I almost did that one. Cause this was an, another one where like, I couldn't think of a good joke one. I couldn't think of a good, like real one. I just looked at it and just like felt left cold basically. <laughs> Without Devonte Adams, I don't know what to because he could still play. I don't know what to think. I was maybe going to say if I had to like just give a professional answer, the under on the fifty-one and a half. But I wanted to do something positive with Michael Pittman because it's like I like was adding him in like every season-long league where I could. Like the f- past few weeks, I felt very vindicated by the hundred-yard game and just think he's like a good fit with Philip River, even with Philip Rivers' washed arm. So yeah, anything. Uh, I'll double down on Pete's, and I think uh, he will. He'll outpoint Devontae. It might be because Devontae Adams gets 0.0 points because he doesn't play, but uh, Michael Pittman will outpoint uh, Devontae Adams. The house would throw the bet out if that were the situation. Yeah, just- no, that's not how it works. I mean, I just, I don't know the rules. So I'm just like, I go, I, I sue in like five swing states. And, uh, um, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of sad. I guess this is really, uh, we've talked about this guy a lot throughout the year. T.Y. Hilton now the third highest price receiver for Indianapolis. <laughs> Is he behind Pascal too? Yeah, Pascal and Pittman both oh ahead of him. Oh my now. god, that is god. that is something else. Um, god, I guess I will take. Uh, man, this is this really is not an attractive game at all. I'll just take the over in this one. The unders, the over under has come down a half point. It's low enough where I think there's still some upside. And Indianapolis's defense, I think we talked about a little bit of a paper tiger, despite that Thursday night uh, little game that they picked up. They probably shouldn't have. So I'll take the one pointer over on the 51. Last game on the Sunday main slate, the team with the highest implied total of the whole slate, Kansas City, or the whole day rather. It's 32 implied points for Kansas City, 24 and a half for Vegas. Vegas has more COVID issues. Uh, Jonathan. 
Abram, one of their guys who's been uh, looking good so far. He's on the list. Uh, we'll see if these guys get back in uh, because these uh, the Raiders just simply every week, they're just exposing guys to COVID. And then they get pulled. They get not pulled. 56 and a half point over under in this one. Uh, Pete, I'll let you go here. And, and Pat, just so you know, usually the move for this one is we try to take the showdown captain because that's 10 points and usually not the hardest to predict because even Pete can get those right. I'm sorry, Pete. <laughs> Hey, do you want to remind people what the uh, the score was for last week? Well, for one week, you know, if we're looking at the whole, the, the tapestry, the rich tapestry of work over the year, Pete, I'll let you make your showdown captain pick first or whatever you want to take. Guys, I got a, I got a sickness and it's rookie fever. Henry Ruggs winning captain lineup. All right, Pat, what do you want in this one? See, can the captain, it can be a quarterback, right? Uh, it can. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's because uh, I mean, I'm just all about Patrick Mahomes and this first, first off, the Raiders, very end of the novel coronavirus. Uh, very, very, very <laughs> into the uh, SARS-CoV-19. Um, but yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes, I'm feeling 30-plus DK points because uh, I, this is a pre-planned joke. I asked Peter, the bus driver fucked up, guys. He just <laughs> fucked all the way up when he took the victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs have apparently been stewing about it for two months now. Uh, like They're going to be like on like General Sherman warpath here this weekend, and Patrick Mahomes is going to go. He was already going nuts for the bye and he's going to continue. The Chiefs aren't even like bother at the running game. It's going to be all passing, and he's going to rain fire for the third straight game. Spags, I do want you to know you can't get mad at him for saying the F word because I did give clearance for that F bomb. And I oh, said only one and only about the bus drive. I did do two, like so if you PG-13, uh, we really messed up there. Uh, I, mean, I, I dropped two S bombs. So like we, we try really hard to not curse, but ultimately there's no real penalty, I guess, for the most no, part. I wanted Pat to let it rip because I knew if Pat was going to do it, he was going to be judicious with it. He wasn't just going to be letting them fly around. It would, it would, it would set, uh, sell the joke. Um, I guess for me, I'll take Tyree kill to be my showdown captain. Cause I do think Mahomes is the most likely option and probably by a pretty decent margin. If you were to run the numbers, uh, do some standard deviation crunching there, but, uh, Tyreek, I do think if anybody benefits it's probably Tyreek or Kelsey. And I think Tyreek just a little more due here, still getting the most deep targets per game in the league. So that's the one that checks out. Um, Pete, should we let, let's do, let do Pat's plugs and then we'll do a separate little thrive segment for our pick for that. Yeah, that I know cool? Pat's technically on the clock. He's got to cover this game. He's, yeah. he's getting paid to do this podcast guys. Yeah. So of course people <laughs> should true. follow at Roto Pat. You're doing a ton of tweeting content. Is that, oh boy, that was a terrible way to say that. So you're, you're a lot of tweeting. Tweet, uh, no, that's totally, I mean, uh, that is guilty as charged. Do a lot. Are of you going to fleet Pat? Are you going to fleet? No, I mean, maybe a famous last word. I mean, how could could Twitter truly get more ephemeral than it already is? I just, I don't know. It seems hard to believe. Uh, I will not be fleeting. I, I haven't even been given the functionality yet. You know, I'm just <laughs> in the Midwest here. Uh, they roll it's too it out dangerous. Rotopat yeah. with the fleet uh, is too dangerous. But, uh, I'm initially planning no fleets uh, is the okay. initial plan. Um, you heard but, it uh, here first, folks. But give the people all the plugs. You should follow at RotoPat. Follow all your work on Roto World. There's a ton of great content people on there. We talked about earlier John Dale, one of our guys. Um, many great legacy guys as well have been there. So uh, people should be checking all the Roto World content. But Pat, anything in particular you want to plug? Of course, check the rankings column, which, you know, there are a lot of rankings columns out there, but I work very hard on my rankings column. I do a Friday live chat at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we do a live show Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, there's so much stuff on the site. I mean, Hayden Winks, uh, he puts up his final stuff on Friday. That stuff has just been must read for me this year. I mean, every Hayden is just like a rising star at Roto World. Check out everything he does. Check out everything, everyone. Yeah, because we're having a good year at the site. Got a lot of good people. And uh, but yeah, check me out 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Uh, it won't be as good as this. 
but uh, I, tr I try to bring the heat. Um, so. Thank you. Thank you for being self-effacing and complimentary to us at the same time. That's all we could ask for. The follow at Rota Pat. Thanks for coming on, Pat. We appreciate it, man. Truly my pleasure. And yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to say the F word. I just, uh, <laughs> all week, I just think about it. I mean, just unprompted myself. The bus driver really messed up. I've just been smuttering that to myself all week. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to get it, get it off your chest. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Pat. All right, later, guys. All right, peace. Thanks, Pat. All right, now it's time for our Thrive Fantasy Picks of the Week, of course, presented by Thrive Fantasy, where you can get the promo code SPLASH to give you your deposit doubled, up to $50 when you sign up on there. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or in the Google Play Store, or just go to thrivefantasy.com and use that promo code SPLASH. And also check out our $3 single entry contest. First 30 people are the ones to get in there. It's a, a tournament of our nearest and dearest friends of you guys out there. So play against us. Take our money. That link will be on the pinned tweet uh, that I will put up after this show comes out uh pete your thrive pick of the week you, you've been good at him so far so what do you want in this one yeah so i have our contest pulled up here that's the one i'm doing the pick from right our yep. contest yeah and so uh we have uh what i think is a little bit of an inefficiency on dalvin cook's line we have been talking about him uh this actually includes both the rush yards and the receiving yards so at 120.5 i mean most spots have him projected for somewhere between 95 to 100 rush yards and then another 30 to 35 receiving yards so to me i think in a in a game that i like here uh i think it goes over this uh this number so i'm going to take the dalvin cook over there yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He is more involved in the pass game than people realize. Um, actually, uh, let me just pull up real fast. I thought it was interesting just looking at the numbers. Um, he's also getting about 30, 37% of their passing yardage, which uh, is not something that I would have realized on a per game basis. Um, I will take for me, I got to go with my boy PJ Walker creating a trickle down effect for you know him, you love him. Splash play Bob over one over 0.5 a touchdown. He's only got to get one touchdown. It's 115 points in that Thrive contest. And I can promise you that it's going to be one of my picks in our Thrive contest this week. So go play at thrivefantasy.com. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Play on there. Use the promo code SPLASH. If you're trying to get into the tournament as well, it's the same password. It's SPLASH on there. Uh, they want to pass on there so only our people can play so it's really we have a velvet rope experience on all the sites we play on pete yeah you know i i've enjoyed it now that we've gotten familiar with them i actually hit on uh thursday i did one of the little three leg parlays here i had the fulls under the jefferson over and the cook over turned five dollars into uh 31 there so uh yeah I, i'm in the mix i've been playing them on the single game and uh and also our our splash play contest. So yeah, definitely like what they got going on over at thrive. Yeah. That's the props lobby. Pete's playing in two different ways to play here. You could play against other people. You could play against the house, uh, lots of different things to do over at thrive fantasy. And we thank them for being a sponsor of the show, support them. It helps us. Obviously we're trying to get everything off the ground here. Make sure you like and subscribe and uh, do all the things that we need you to do an Apple podcast, five stars and review our wedding guest book to celebrate our podcast matrimony. That's what we need on there. Give us a little bit of a taste of what you liked about our, our podcast wedding. I'm not as good at selling this bit as Pete, Pete, any plugs you want to hit on before we call it quits. I was just going to pull up our registry right now here on iTunes and see, Oh, it looks like we did get a new one Ooh. from Nick Tolly. This is a, this is a, you know what? I'm just going to pull this up here. Let's just see what this says. It's a five-star DFS is best under the radar podcast. Sorry, I'm late. Just want to thank you for allowing us to share the beautiful wedding and reception with you guys. The chocolate fountain was by far the best part of the spread. And I loved it when Pete and Spags 
at the end, uh, dip spags at the end of our first dance together. <laughs> Wishing you many years of happiness together and I'll treasure the photo booth photos I took while there. Great idea, spags. Uh, then he went on to say some uh, very nice things about the podcast. So again, the guest book is is always there. It's our it was a special day. It's it's a magical day, and we want to be able to continue to relive it and commemorate it with all of you guys. So thank you, Nick Tolley, for signing our wedding it's registry. Just, it's honestly amazing. Like that one, the other one from Styles White. Like these guys are really re leaving nice things. Like I feel good. I didn't know we had a new review, and I feel good, and warm inside. So, so this is this is what married life is like, huh, Pete? <laughs> It's nice, man. You know, uh, I do worry about when the honeymoon phase is going to end, but right now I'm I'm just loving life, man. I mean, stuff is fresh, man. It's it's hot. It's when this, hot. it's gonna be when the season ends and we have nothing to talk about. Yeah. We just the podcast is just eating dinner together awkwardly. <laughs> but make sure to follow at Peter Overs at follow at Chris Spags. I'll be back Sunday night or Sunday morning rather doing the live before lock show for Osmo. So hang out with that and check out Pete's content as well. Pete's got a bunch of shows on Sunday, which you can see on his Twitter at Peter Overs at we'll be back Sunday after Sunday night football for our two-man show so we'll see you guys then thank you for watching check out thrive fantasy and 